China was closed for its Dragon Boat Festival late last week. And when it reopened Monday morning, early Monday morning, China's yuan absolutely plummeted. It plummeted so much it provoked a response from authorities in Beijing who were becoming increasingly unnerved by the currency's behavior. And the currency's behavior tells us something about a lot more than what's going on in China. It tells us about the global economy. It's not about interest rate deferentials. It's not about how the Chinese economy is weak and the US or global economy is doing relatively well or inflationary as central banks like to put it. As CNY goes down and the further it goes down, the worse we know it's getting for everyone. First of all, how bad was it? it uh, yesterday, CNY got down to around 724, just short of 724 to the US dollar. How low is that? That's something we haven't seen since last fall. And there were only 10 days in October and November with a, a exchange value that was as low or lower than 724 to the US dollar as we saw yesterday. So already you can tell why Chinese authorities are panicking because if it goes further down to 730 and maybe beyond, that would be the lowest for Yuan since January 2008. That is why China, Beijing got uh, commercial banks involved in the currency markets because they're losing control of the situation. And as I said, they're becoming unnerved by it with potential global fallout. Here's what, here's what Bloomberg reported yesterday in response to the initial plummet. Late in the afternoon on Monday, some state-owned Chinese banks were seen selling the greenback against the yuan, triggering a quick rebound in the currency that later faded according to traders who asked not to be identified. Now, in addition, the PBOC had fixed its reference rate a little bit stronger than the market was expecting or where the market actually priced. And then the PBOC did the same thing today, but a lot stronger. In other words, authorities are trying to get the Yuan to stabilize and even go back in the other direction, but are having a hard time doing so. Now, the way in which this supposedly works is when the PBOC on its own decides to intervene in the markets, it will borrow U.S. dollars from exporters or in um, global markets or some other way, usually from exporters who have dollars because they're selling products around the world and getting dollars in return. So the PBOC will borrow dollars from exporters and then supply them into the marketplace. But we always use the parlance of trading, which is wrong. They're not, they're not selling dollars and buying yuan. They're supplying dollars into the marketplace because the marketplace is becoming increasingly devoid of them. The same thing is true when they get commercial banks to act on their behalf, as they did last year, as they have more frequently over the re recent weeks, in particular yesterday, China's commercial banks, the big state-owned banks, acting at the behest of authorities, they will borrow in swaps markets and then supply those dollars into the local Chinese currency markets too. You can't get dollars that you normally would, thus the yuan continues to fall. And that's one key reason why CNY down equals bad, equals trouble for not just China. It's a bellwether for the entire global economy. It's not central bank policies, differences there. Remember, PBOC is cutting rates. The rest of the world is still raising them for now. It's not about growth differential or potential economic considerations in one place or another. CNY is a global bellwether. And the more it goes down and the faster it goes down, 
the more we need to pay attention to it because it's telling us something that we need to know about circumstances well beyond China. It's, it applies everywhere. But first, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, if you're interested, Eurodollar University has memberships available where we go into these details. What is the reserve currency? It's not the dollar, it's the Eurodollar. What is, what is it supposed to do and why isn't it doing what it's supposed to do? Also have research subscriptions available. A daily briefing I contribute at marketsinsiderpro.com. There's a bundle there with Tracy Shukart and Stephen Van Meter. And I also do a daily deep dive analysis at the Eurodollar University website where we dive deep into all of these things, money and macro, where those two things intersect, what they mean for today, and hopefully to give us an idea of what's going on, likely to go on tomorrow. All the information for you, memberships and research subscriptions, eurodollar.university. So whenever there's trouble in any of these currencies, or really anywhere, what do authorities always do? Well, the first inclination, the easiest thing you can do, blame speculators. This is a time-honored tradition, not just in China, but all over the place, where something starts to go wrong, it's easy enough to blame speculators than it is to admit there is something seriously wrong going on. In particular, we're talking specifically about China's yuan, so of course, Chinese authorities are making a show of blaming speculators. We found out uh, again just recently that on Monday, Sinocorp's Weibo, which I believe is China's version of Twitter, released a statement banning Wu Shibu, Shibo and two other writers who weren't fully named. They had, quote, attacked and undermined Chinese policy and hurt the development of the stock market, according to a statement. Wu has 4.7 million followers on the social media platform, making him one of China's most influential writers about finance. His recent posts have been deleted, making, making it unclear what triggered the ban. No, it's perfectly clear. With China's economic circumstances and financial and monetary circumstances moving in the wrong direction, we can't have anybody out there sparking, hedge, uh, sparking speculators who are betting against either China's yuan or China's stock market or China in some fashion or another. The PBOC has, not just PBOC, but the Chinese Communist Party as a whole has an interest in trying to maintain stability as they attempt to thread this very narrow needle between reopening that's failing and the global recession that's starting to hurt, really hurt China and trying to keep it all together before it gets into some disorderly, disorderly situation and falls apart in a way that authorities can't manage or can't attempt to manage. And we've seen this before, not just the blaming of speculators, but more so how China's yuan correlates with global economic circumstances. Again, it's a bellwether, not just about what's going on in China. And so if we review what CNY has done over the last 15 years, you see very clearly exactly what I'm talking about. It starts right from the, almost the beginning, not quite the beginning, but almost the beginning back in the first global monetary crisis, not financial crisis, the first global monetary crisis in 2008. Up until the middle of 2008, China's yuan, like many people around the world, thought, what's the big deal, a bunch of subprime mortgages? But in the middle of July 2008, that was the moment that the global monetary crisis became truly global. And that's where the 
mild recession of 2008, the shallow short recession of 2008 suddenly became the great quote unquote recession. It all started in July 2008. And we can see that in China's yuan because up until that point, back in back from before when the Chinese allowed the yuan to float because it had been pegged for many years before then, it had risen rather steadily, almost perfectly steadily. It was a managed float, it wasn't a perfect float, but either way, it had risen steadily up until July 2008. So not coincidentally, the moment that the Great Recession became the Great Recession, the moment the global monetary crisis really became global and incorporated not just Europe and the United States, but also Asia within it, that's when we see CNY stop rising. And from there, particularly September 2008 and afterward, again, no coincidence there, suddenly CNY is pegged again. China's authorities were intervening in the marketplace in the name of stability. That repegging of CNY lasted all the way until June 2010 because that was when Chinese authorities finally decided that was long enough to let CNY begin to float again or manage float. And it, of course it did. Suddenly CNY begins to rise coincident with the reflationary period in 2010 in the first half of 2011. But then by 2011, what do we see again? We have renewed crisis. It wasn't a European sovereign debt crisis. That was a symptom of what we call euro dollar number two or the second global instance of monetary short or the second global euro dollar shortage in very short period of time. And it had an impact in China later in 2011. We can see that with an RR cut in, uh, in late 2011, uh, the same time that we see the Federal Reserve uh, reinstitute dollar swaps. We see the ECB do a bunch of bailout programs late December 2011. And then China's yuan suddenly uh, that stops rising and starts to get weak again, or at least uh, causes authorities to intervene in the marketplace early on in 2012. Again, globally synchronized a bellwether. But it really becomes a leading indicator in the next stage, which was euro dollar number three, January 2014. Now, there were all sorts of problems in 2013 that we could see, see this coming. But in January 2014, that's really when CNY or Asia in emerging markets became the the general focus of euro dollar number three. That's where the that's where the negative deflationary attention really got applied. And rather than CNY continuing to rise as most people had been expecting starting in 2014, suddenly it became weak. And as it became weak, that was a obviously a warning, or at least it wasn't, it was obvious to those who, who understand the euro dollar system. It was a warning that the situation was not, the global economy was not recovering as everybody else had thought, that instead it was becoming increasingly dangerous to the point that even the Chinese were forced to get involved in the currency market again. And when they did in the first couple of months of 2014, of course, they blamed speculators, or at least they got the Western media to blame speculators on their behalf, saying that, China, CNY's weakening in the first part of 2014, that must have been because that's what the PBOC wanted. I'll give you an example. This is a Wall Street Journal article from March 15th of 2014. There is no basis for big appreciation of the renminbi, the PBOC said, noting that China's trade surplus now represents only 2.1% of its gross domestic product, which was a problem 
It was a key warning that the trade was falling off, trade recession. At the same time, quote, there is no basis for big depreciation of the renminbi, the central bank added, saying that risks in China's financial system are, quote, under control, and the country's big foreign exchange reserves can serve as a big buffer against any external shocks. These would be proven in short order to be absolutely incorrect. First of all, starting with the fact that it was not PBOC that was causing Yuan to weaken. Now, why did everybody think that was the case? Back to the Wall Street Journal. The band widening announcement came as China's central bank in recent weeks has engineered a decline in the yuan's value to drive out speculators, betting on the yuan's continued rise and to introduce greater two-way volatility into its trading in a bid to pave the way for expanding the band. Total garbage. Total, complete garbage. The idea was, okay, must be speculators, must be that China wants the yuan to go lower, and that's why it's gone lower. When in fact, as I wrote back in March of 2014, it was something else entirely. What all this data shows, as opposed to conjecture about the supernatural powers of central banks, is that yuan's devaluation may be tied directly to dollar shortages. In fact, as I argue here, it is far more plausible that a dollar shortage, which shows up as a rising dollar or depreciating yuan, is forcing the PBOC to allow a wider band in order that Chinese banks can more aggressively obtain dollars they desperately need. Worse than that, the PBOC itself cannot meet the need with its own reserve actions without further upsetting the entire fragile system. Those words actually proved to be quite prescient because the next couple years would play out in exactly that fashion. CNY would continue to go down, not because the PBOC wanted it. The PBOC tried to resist that devaluation because it wasn't devaluation. It was a dollar shortage. And it told us something important about what the global economy was going to experience over the months and years ahead. And it got to be so bad that China spent almost a trillion dollars of its reserves. Remember, PBOC just said, uh, talking about its big buffer. The country's big foreign exchange reserves can serve as a big buffer against any external shocks. That proved to be incorrect too. The Eurodollar shortage, the depression around, around much of the emerging market economies, which impacted China and China impacted them. That's what really, that's what CNY was telling us from the very beginning in January, 2014. CNY down equals bad. CNY down doesn't mean speculators, and CNY down is never engineered by the Chinese central bank. Instead, bellwether for the global economy. We saw that again in Eurodollar number four in 2018. CNY was up consistent with globally synchronized growth, but it was never really growth. It was just modest reflation. And then in January 2018, suddenly we got problems in CNY. And then April 2018, CNY begins to plummet all over again, which was consistent with what would develop over the rest of 2018. We saw Eurodollar futures invert in June of 2018. We saw the yield curve in treasuries invert later on in 2018, the landmine in October 2018, leading us into 2019, which was likely going to be a global recession too, though we'll never know for sure. It was in certain parts of the world, but either way, China's yuan heading lower told us what to expect about the global economy, not just China's weakness, but China's weakness as a part of that whole. And once again, 2022, 
China's yuan stops rising when? Late February 2022. Just as all those financial fireworks were unleashed with that big oil price spike that essentially wrecked the global economy and sent us on the path to where we are now, which we could see as China's yuan's falling. Falling rather precipitously all throughout last year and into this year with the one exception November, December, in the first half of January when we had that modest temporary reopening hype, reopening hope that got CNY to back up a little bit before then falling back down to where it is today. Just to show you that this is not just about China, this is not about, hey, the U.S. is doing really well compared to the Chinese that are struggling, therefore the Fed's going to be really hawkish as the PBOC's cutting rates. Let's finish up with some comments from Walgreens today, the big pharmacy uh, company, which said this, the, the chief executive said this, we have seen changing market trends that have consumers prioritizing value in response to a more uncertain and, uncertain and challenging economic environment. She continued, similar to other retailers, we've been impacted by the rapid softening of the macro environment and a more cautious and value-driven consumer. Rapid softening of the macroeconomic environment over the last quarter sounds a hell of a lot like what the Chinese State Council said just a couple weeks ago when they said changing economic landscape. So China State Council says changing economic landscape. The head of Walgreens, one of the key bellwether retailers, says rapid softening of the macroeconomic environment. And in between those, China's yuan is plummeting. But it's not just China's yuan. China's yuan is, is corroborated by a lot of stuff around the world, including long-term JGB yields and what we see in markets everywhere else. So it's not as if this was an outlier. There's more like it than is unlike it. So CNY down equals bad, just as it has been over the last 15 years. And the more that it goes down and the more alarmed they become in Beijing, the more alarmed that they're trying to take steps to do something about it, to stabilize the currency, the more alarmed we all should be. I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, a huge thank you, Eurodollar University research subscribers, all the MarketsInsiderPro.com research subscribers, and of course, our Eurodollar University members. A sincere thank you to all of you too. And until next time, take care.